1: This show is brought
0: to you by Safety FM. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Jay Allen Show. You know, we are so close to the end of the month, I'm just kind of fabbergasted on how quick this month has actually went by. I mean, before you take a look around, you'll notice that it's September already, how quick things have changed. Anyway, so here we are again with another episode, having a lot of things coming your general direction as of late. So let's get into this and let's start talking about what we have going on today. Today, I sit down with Scott Sloan. He is a seasoned industry professional with strong technical skills who enjoys working with clients to develop a safe working environment and reduce the total cost of risk. He has over 25 years of insurance experience and more than 20 years in management and leadership experience, and his goals are to help people to be successful and grow their profession. Now, during our conversation today, we're going to cover a whole bunch of things that are going on, and how I discovered Scott was that he has recently released a book called The Risk Manager. So I want you to take a listen to what we have going on here. And I think that you're really going to enjoy some of the stuff that Scott talks about in regards of how he came up with the idea for the book and about his career itself. So take a listen now to this interview with Scott Sloan on The Jay Allen Show. The
1: Jay Allen Show is streaming now on safetyfm.live.
0: How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. How about yourself?
0: Oh, I can't complain. I'm glad that we were able to pull this off. And I appreciate you reaching out to me in regards of doing this. I'm I'm always mesmerized when people write books. And I will tell you, when I when you told me the approach that you took to this, I was like, I'm intrigued. So I definitely knew that I had to get you on onto the show. But when yes. I looked at, when I was looking at what you had done, I was kind of curious because you took kind of like a different path to get here to an extent. You you you're not we'll say not only a novelist, but you actually were a, or are still a practitioner when it comes to this. So how did you decide decide to get into this field?
1: Well, I've been in the safety industry for nearly 30 years now. Uh, Most of my safety experience has been with commercial insurance carriers, uh, loss control and risk management and that sort of thing. And if you saw my profile, you know, I've got a couple of professional certifications in risk management and, and a couple in safety. And so, uh, I, I had all kind of always wanted to write a book. And so I started with that and I, I wrote one. I, I actually had never intended to publish it. And then my wife said, Hey, you know, this is pretty good. How are you going to get that published? Well, so, hold on. So, you, so you wrote a book without the intention of publishing it? Yeah. I just want to see if I could do it. Okay. The The first goal was to start. Cause I'd had the idea for the book for I don't know, 15 years or something. (laughs) And so the goal was to start. And as is true of every goal, right. And, and every success that you get, it prompts the next success. It prompts going to the next goal. So I started it and I was like, okay, that, that didn't kill me. It wasn't as bad as I thought. (laughs) Right. So then I, I went along. I really liked the story uh, and, and I finished it and I was letting my wife read it as, as we went along and she goes, man, this is really pretty good. So then I talked with the only person I knew who had published a book and, um, Carrie Marival. I don't know if you know her, but she self-published. And so she turned me on to her self-publisher and then, so we got that published. Then I wrote another one, which was the sequel to that. And then I got the idea for, for the book, the risk manager. And and that's the one that really incorporates my professional background with being an author and a novelist.
0: Okay, so before we get into that, that's where I kind of want to, I want to go into okay. some different directions as well. So how do you decide back in 88? that you want to jump into industrial safety. How does this, I mean, and let's just be realistic. Even to this day, it's kind of not a super popular industry to jump into. So, <laughs> so how do you decide all of a sudden at this timeline that you say, okay, this seems like a good idea? Because I still talk to people and they still tell me that it seems like a bad idea, but I'm just wondering, <laughs> what do no, you think at the time?
1: I think it's a good idea. <laughs> and, and so going back all those years, back to 88, um, I had been working for uh, an electric utility, Oklahoma Gas and Electric, and I was not in a safety capacity with them. Uh, I had some college hours, but I hadn't completed them. I didn't have a degree, right? And so they were pretty big on safety. And then a friend of mine, who was in a different department, we were both in transmission and distribution, which is you know getting the electricity out and getting it to people. Um, he said, "Hey, I, I, I'm working on a program at." What the time, was Central State University. When I graduated, it was University of Central Oklahoma. Hey, run with that. Run with that for yeah, sure, right? There you go. <laughs> you just never know, right? And he said, this is a pretty interesting deal, uh, and it's, it's industrial safety. And so, uh, you know, I talked with him about it. I started taking some classes. We had a couple of classes together. I really enjoyed it, and it fit nicely with the work I was doing with an electrical utility, right? Because I don't know if you knew this. Electricity can hurt you. So, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's probably a good idea for an organization like that to be pretty safe. So the intention was I would just stay with that organization. But once I got my degree, it didn't quite work out. They didn't really have the openings that I was hoping they would. And another guy that I had worked that had been in that same uh, program at uh, UCO got his first job in safety with an insurance carrier in Texas. And so he calls me and he says, oh man, you got to interview for this job. You're going to love it, blah, 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 blah. And, and he called like three or four times. And finally I said, okay, if I will take the interview, will you stop calling me? <laughs> and, it, and, and I took it. I, I, I thought, man, this sounds like a really neat gig. Uh, I did that. And so then I've been in, in commercial insurance ever since. Because it's a really great job. You, you get to meet a lot of cool people, and it's a lot of fun. So, when you decide to actually make
0: this move from Oklahoma to Texas, are you are you okay with this idea? Because I know how how sometimes that lo- that line struggle is struggle is. Because I did live in Texas for a period of time, so I know how it is. If you're you know you're, you're crossing the line there, I, was everything okay mentally when you were thinking about doing this? You well, I lost some friends. friends.
1: Yeah, I lost <laughs> a few friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, it's it normally seems like part of the conversation, and I say that jokingly. But yes. you know, when when you start going into this, so all of a sudden you decide to make the move to Texas, you st- you get into commercial insurance. But at, at what point do you decide, okay, I want to go into a little bit more of the risk management portion of it? When do you say, okay, this is what I want to have, this is what I want to go into? And I want to get to the book as well. So to, so I don't want to no, go too far, but but this is I want to for people to understand the background of exactly you know the knowledge base that's there as well.
1: Sure. Um, when the, the first company I was with wrote workers' compensation only, and uh, I, that's my favorite of all the lines, right? And, and so then uh, as I progressed through my career, I moved to Safeco, and they wrote all lines, right? So property, liability, auto, uh, the whole bit. Um, and so that was really interesting, and it gave me a little different perspective on things, right, because there's more – to risk management and safety than just protecting people, right? Or protect, because you're protecting people, property, and the environment. That's what we say in the American Society of Safety Professionals, right? Right. Um, But all of those are important, people the most important, but the rest of those assets are extremely important to a business's viability, right? So if, if you've got a building that's burned down, right, pretty tough to make anything out of that building. So very important to protect the building. Uh, the same with liability issues, right? If, if all you're doing is fighting liability claims, you don't have time to focus on innovating, making your product, improving your quality, all of those things that are, fall under the umbrella of risk management. So that kind of led me a little more that way, and I started studying um, risk management a little more. By this point, I had my CSP, my Certified Safety Professional uh, Certification, and so looking for the next direction, I, I kind of fell into the risk management part of it or, or started going that direction because I felt like that rounded out my knowledge base a little bit more. So when
0: you start taking a look at the industry and all of a sudden now you've acquired your CSP, you're already getting all this other additional information. You also do go back to school. So I don't want it to kind of play off like I didn't realize that particular portion when you go into business and, and human relations, but you go back to school and you're doing all these things. How are you starting to look at this? Because you're looking at it as an insurance, as a, an, an insurance writer to, a, to an extent. You're also looking at it from now. You're having a better understanding from a kind of a safety perspective. So how are you taking a look at this? How are you tying all these things together?
1: Right. Well, the thing that I discovered um, about risk management, and this is not not as true today, when I first started looking at it, a lot of risk managers were really claims people. All they did was pay claims, and they, they, they as I'm sure you're familiar, right, the five steps of the risk management process: identification, analysis, control, finance, and then monitoring the process. Right. So people were decent at identifying. They were okay at an analyzing. They were typically poor at controlling and they were awesome at financing. That was really the key (laughs) focused a lot on that. And it was like, well, if you prevent them, they don't cost you anything. So the financing piece gets a ton easier. And so that's that's really where I think the, the risk control piece, the loss control piece plays into it. And most people in risk management now are much, much better. More well rounded, they, they focus a lot on trying to prevent the claims, right? And, and, and the analysis piece. Uh, you know, what's the important ones to, to start with, right? You, you want to get the low hanging fruit, uh, the, the stuff that's pretty easy to deal with, but at the same time, you can't ignore the catastrophic loss, right? And, and while it isn't very frequent, it's very, it can be extremely severe the kind of severe that puts you out of business forever or puts you in prison. Well, I mean, I would
0: imagine that throughout your career, you've seen some pretty interesting things. And the reason that I say this is because I remember years and years ago when you were sitting inside of a, of a safety meeting, you would be might be talking at a, at a time of fatality events, catastrophic events. I mean, there are, the, we're at portions now where people are talking about ankle sprains. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that we're talking about ankle sprains and not fatalities, but it's just amazing on how that industry has changed over the years. So at this point, when you're going through this and you realize this, when do you say, okay, I got an idea. I've done my, my other two books. Now I have an idea for a novel perspective of risk management.
1: Right. They, that's come about really fairly recently. Okay. Uh, I started on this late 2020 just a something real, like real recent yeah and, yeah extremely recently and then uh finished it up in early 2021 put it aside because I was actually working on the third book to the first two right there are there in a the, the series and I let my brother read it and he said dude I think you're onto something here he said I liked your first two books but I think this one has a little more universal appeal uh-huh. And he says, you need to stop working on that third one and get this one published. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what led to that. But I, I think in, in a bigger question, um, as I became a little more comfortable as an author, it was more, what would be appealing? What what? Where can I use my professional experience to write something uh, that I think would be appealing and fun? and interesting to people. And also, uh, as I've told other people, you know, how many books do you read where the loss control professional gets to be the hero? This is
0: The Jay Allen Show. Hey, come in real close. I got something to share with you. Not everybody has a beautiful head. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody can pull off the shaved head look. Hey, I'm not digging on people. I'm just bringing it up. Some people out there are losing their hair. Now, I want to tell you about my friends at Keeps. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time that they are 35. More than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness. There are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers them both. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultation and medication delivered straight to your door every three months You don't even have to leave your home. Think about that. There's other things that you have to leave your home to be able to pick up, not with Keeps. They have low-cost treatments that start just as low as $10 per month, and Keeps offers generic versions. It's discreet packaging and proven results. Now think about this for a moment. Prevention is key. Treatment can take four to five months to see results. So act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to K E E P S. -S 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 dot com slash safety to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash safety to get your first month for free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash safety. Now just remember, not everybody has such a beautiful head like mine. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. Right, and that, that's part of the question I am wanting yeah. to ask for sure. Yeah. Because it's such a different approach. That's the thing that, that I found amazing because most of the people that are out in the industry, if we're, if we're talking about it, they want to write it from a perspective of applicable science and what they're and what they're trying to do. And even some of them are not, are not even science-based. They're just going to just go with it. So when you decide to do the decision of novel-based I mean you're doing this for work meaning not the the writing piece you're doing this for work as doing a you know you're going out there a, a, as a risk manager but now all of a sudden you're doing this as well as writing as a novel so did you lay heavily, heavily on your past experience did you did you kind of um did, did, did part of oh, yeah. it become you as, as it went along
1: Yes very much so uh, in, in fact uh, I included towards the end of the book uh, the, the the main character, his name is Rock Cartwright. I just love that name. Uh, he uh, becomes an independent consultant. And so I needed a way for him to meet back up with, with a, a lady friend of his, right, who's also in the business. She's a producer and a broker. And I thought, OK, well, I'll have a meet up in an account. So I thought about an account that would be fun, but one that I had seen before. So I used a real life experience. And uh, that made it very easy for me to talk about that and, and really have some fun with Rock doing the, the risk management consultation with them and the agent being there at the same time. Right. So you kind of bring both of those worlds together. And throughout the book, there there's various parts where we uh, talk about the five steps in the risk management process. I did manage to actually get those in there. If anybody has seen one of my presentations in the last several years on safety or risk management or whatever, I always bring that in there. And so I was excited that I was able to get that in there. Now, I think it's only in, in the preface, but but still, it's in there, baby. It's like Prego. it's in there.
0: <laughs> so a couple of things. Um, number one, why did you use a different name as the writer of the book? Why did you decide to go with what is it? Sloan Mus-
1: McQuirsten? Is that the way? It- McQu- yeah, McQuirsten. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and I'm going to take you back to the beginning of this conversation when I said my first goal was to start a book. Okay. Never to publish it. Right? <laughs> and so um, from a marketing perspective, that has not been the smartest move to have a pen name different than mine. Mm-hmm. But part of that, I think, was really because if I failed – I didn't want to fail as Scott. I wanted to fail as somebody else. I I love the honesty. I love the honesty. No, because I'll
0: tell you right away what came to mind, and this is going very, very old. um, I thought about uh, an old movie by by Stephen King by the name The Dark Half where he had a writer that he would become, that the character became a separate writer to write the book. And I was like, so are, are you going into like these changes? So you decided to use the pen name. But now when you try to tell people, hey, I've written these previous books, and they go, but hold on, that's not the book, that's not the book that's yeah. on, on the cover. But the, I mean, the last name is to an extent. So what what do they tell you?
1: Um, I, You know, a couple of people ask questions, but really it's only an issue when it comes to marketing, because I, you know, I'm trying to utilize the network I have made professionally, you know, with um, trying to merge that then with the writing. And so it makes the the marketing a little bit tougher. Uh, but I can tell you, and this is on the, the book cover, too. I used that name because Sloan is obviously my last name. I threw an E on the end of it because that sounded more like a first name. And then McQuiston is my mother's maiden name. Oh, okay. And my mom was the writer in the family. Uh, she used to work for newspapers, you know, back when there were such things as newspapers. She worked for small you towns. You mean the ones
0: that you physically would
1: hold and yes. open
0: uh, <laughs> the yes. tangible. But not that digital stuff that's out there now. No,
1: no, no. The the actual writing, you know, where where you would you would turn in an actual written copy of something, not an electronic copy, and then the editor would go through it and go, you know, whatever. When
0: yeah. they used to verify news information. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember those. I, yeah. I, I said it. I know I was the one
1: that said it. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. So that's kind of a um, uh, a tribute to my mom who passed back in '05. So. Unfortunately, she never got to see any of my books and, and, and I hope she would be proud of them, but you know, you never know. So, <laughs> so, w- so was that part of the driving
0: force on wanting you to be an author when you were taking a look back at it? When you said, Hey, I want to write a book. Was that part of the, uh, was that part of, of what you wanted to do because of the inspiration of your mother? Or was this something that you've always wanted to do because you wanted to do the storytelling?
1: No, I think it's more just the storytelling a- and that, that's why I enjoy the novel As as opposed to, you know, writing uh, like a self-help book, a leadership book, a business book, things of that nature. Uh, First of all, you got to do a ton of research on them. Right. And (laughs) I did. I've done two master's programs, so I've done all the research I really want (laughs) to (laughs) do. I get it. I believe you. I get it. I understand. (laughs) Yeah. So so with a novel, I mean, you still do some research, but it doesn't have to be nearly in depth. Right. You you, you just kind of touch the surface of it. And so that part was far more appealing. But what I really found interesting was how much fun it is to just make stuff up. I, you know, create characters out of nothing. Now, of course, all create, all characters for writers are based on people they've known, combinations of people they've known and things like that. But you get to make them do whatever you want. You know, you can make them wonderful. You can make them horrible. You can make them both, somewhere in between. And that was just a lot of fun there to to be able to just make people do whatever you want them to do.
0: So is there somebody inside of the risk manager book that you know personally that if they picked up the book, they will recognize pieces of themselves inside of there? Oh, you're smiling big. I'm almost scared now on this answer
1: yeah no i yes the answer to that is yes and and the reason I'm smiling is is because I just got in another review on the book, and it was a gentleman I used to work with uh years ago, and uh it's kind of an inside joke, but part of the review said it's almost as these characters are so well developed it's almost as though I worked with them, <laughs> and he and I did work together right and and so yes, there are definitely characters in the risk manager based on people I've worked with in the insurance industry. But but beyond that, I think they're the kind of characters that if you've ever had a job, you could relate to some of them, right? Because the, the, the antagonist in it is a sociopathic CEO who will stop at nothing to get elected governor of Texas, right? Who hasn't had a boss that they thought was crazy? wasn't crazy right i mean everybody's (laughs) had that boss if you've had a job right right and then there's other characters along There's some politicians and everybody has their own opinion of a politician right so i think those are the kind of things that people can relate to whether they've uh, taken my path in life or they've taken a different one so when you when you look at
0: this overall book and you go, okay, so we have this first novel, The Risk Manager, out. Do you think there'll be a, there'll be another one? There'll be a follow-up? Will you do a different point of view, maybe a, maybe a different job scenario or a, a different titling?
1: Yes. Um, the working title for book two, and, and I'm just now beginning to sketch out the outline, is The Broker. And it will be taken more from the perspective of the main character, Rock's love interest, Jasmine, than it will be Rock's. Part of that reason is because I'm debating this to whether to kill Rock or not. Right? Well, that's uh, a fun part of a book. You know, Scott Adams. Kind of but <laughs> at the same time, um, that's what people love about novels. Is, you know, bad things happen to people. And uh, one of the one of my favorite writers, Stephen King. He is one of his mantras is is kill your darlings, no matter what, kill your darlings. Right. Don't don't fall in love with one character so much that you refuse to let anything tragic happen to him, because that's not life. Tragic things happen to people all the time. So I I I don't know what direction I'm going to go with that. But that's that's kind of why I'm thinking, take it a little more from her perspective, because that gives me way more freedom to do whatever I want with the book.
0: Well, I mean, the interesting part is that you're inside of this scenario that you're inside of a, a very interesting industry when you're talking about risk management where you can do a lot of interesting stuff, especially even the way if you decide to kill off the main character or any character for that fact in regards to when you're having the discussion. And definitely giving a, a different perspective, um, especially the love interest point of view, I think that that could actually d- attract a different audience, if, if one may say.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully so. Hopefully, it won't be interesting to only people in the risk management and insurance field. Um, so, that, that's the plan anyway. We'll, we'll see how it turns out. So, in, and, in regards yeah. to
0: questions, I see that you're available on Kindle, I see that you're available on Amazon. Have you thought about going into the audiobook side of the world? Because that seems to be kind of some of the popular things that we're seeing nowadays as well.
1: Yes. In fact, I've had two friends try and get, get me to do it already. Um and, and it it actually is relatively simple. Uh, I've I've got a friend that runs a couple of YouTube channels and I've done interviews with him and he goes, dude, I can help you with all the editing. Mm-hmm. The editing software is not expensive and it's not difficult. What it is, is very time consuming. Oh yes, and, and, I I I believe me, I know. I, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly. That's probably something you can really relate to. Is <laughs> is the amount of time it takes to edit, especially, uh, you know, an entire book. So yeah, and yes, the, I considered the, it, the, it uh, but paying somebody to do it at this point is cost prohibitive because, yeah. a, a, and you know, you, you, you've got a lot of experience, I'm sure in that that's not cheap to pay a professional to not only read it, but then edit it.
0: What I always tell people is that most of the most most of your audience members are going to want to hear it from your perspective. It's not really going to they don't want a professional quote unquote reader to do it. I mean they want to, they want to get something special from the author at least the ones that that I've been able to see or interact with they always seem that that's what they want opposed to it being a professional voice actor. I interact with with a book author quite often um and the gentleman actually had one one of his books they actually brought in this um this former this former actor, um, and he's a professional English speaker, if one may Ooh. say. With he sounded like you straight out of Harry Potter. Let's just put it that way. It does not it does not match anything on what he sounds like. So, I, so I was like, eh, I don't know if that's going to work out too well.
1: Yeah, I would love to do it. Um, I just uh, working full time, writing on the side, and then trying to edit that. I, I I just haven't jumped off into that yet. But but I have had several people. So man, I would really love it if your book was on audio, because because you know in my business we travel a lot, and they're like that's right. where I uh, they do most of their reading or listening, right, is when they're traveling. But but I just haven't bounced off into that yet. So maybe you will motivate me to do it.
0: Maybe it's time to lean on the friend. You know what I'm saying in regards yeah. of the one that has a YouTube channel. Be like, what do I need? Get it set up. The most important part is getting your voice on some kind of track there, but that's going to be that's going to be the important part on getting that audio book done. Yes. So, Scott, if people want to know more information about you and the book and where they can pick it up, where can they go to find out more info?
1: The best place to go is my website, uh, www.sloanmcquiston.com. So that's S L O A N E M C Q U I S T O N.com.
0: And then, are you are you pretty active on LinkedIn? If they start trying to to get information there, will they be able to find you as well?
1: Yes, they'll be able to find me. But I, under LinkedIn, I'm Scott Sloan. <laughs> they won't let you have two identities on LinkedIn. Now, Facebook uh-huh. will let you have two, and so I, I have a, a Sloan McQuiston and a Scott Sloan on Facebook. Okay. I haven't jumped off into the Twitter sphere. Twitter's sphere. Sphere. Ooh, I can't say it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, there's so many different social media platforms that it's it sometimes is, it's extremely difficult to keep on on all the different ones that are available out there. Yeah. Well Scott, well, Scott, I really do appreciate you coming on to the show today.
1: Well, hey, it has been my honor, Jay, and I, and thank you so much for giving me an opportunity. And if I can be of any help to you in the future in any way, please just let me know.